Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps should be banned in the UK, says a former British defence minister, as does our special guest today. Welcome to Constable Confidential. I'm Simon Constable, joined today by Vahid Beheshti. He is a British, sorry, an Iranian-born British man, and he joins us from London, and he has been protesting, and he agrees with the former British defence minister that IRGC should be banned. Tell us what's been going on with you and, and why it is that you want that organization banned in the UK. So, Simon, thank you for having me in your broadcast. So, uh, 289 days ago, um, after many meetings that we had uh, with um, MPs and our politicians in the UK. That's, that's members, uh, members of parliament, right? Just so member, yeah, 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 yes. Member of parliaments, you know, in order to uh, give them, we gave them all the evidence that they need in order to prescribe IRGC, Islamic uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps, which is the heart of Iranian regime. So uh, then uh, they had all the evidence for that. And we saw the last January, we thought uh, they are going to do that because we had a parliamentary moment. Med absolute majority of um, uh, MP MPs, they agree with this uh, act. And we thought we are going to have them prescribe in two, three weeks. Anyway, uh, we didn't have that. And then we found that uh, the obstacle, it was a foreign office. We try to um, set up, and that's so for for our American listeners. The Foreign Office is the equivalent of the State Department in the U.S. Exactly. And it, it sort of deals with with foreign affairs. Okay, exactly. So uh, we set up an, another two conference in the Parliament, and uh, we uh, MPs in the UK and other politicians. Um, so it didn't work out. Then that was the time uh, last February. Uh, exactly 289 days ago, I decided to do something um, serious. And then I start my hunger struck in front of a foreign office. That hunger struck uh, took uh, last 72 days. So in that pre period of 72 days, we had lots of, uh, I would say, great achievement. I had a um, great meeting with foreign office and I had a great meeting with the Ministry of State for Security, Mr. Tom Tugendhat, uh, 125 MPs on the day 56 of my hunger strike, they wrote a letter to Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and they said, we have the same demand as Vahid prescribing IRGC now. And many other meetings on the day 70 of my hunger strike, I went to the uh, Buckingham Palace and handed the letter to the king on the day 66 of my hunger struck, I called for a big rally in uh, London, which more than as uh, the one of the um, intelligence said to us, they said more than 9,000 people, they turn up, you know, from, you know, we rallied from uh, London Eye to uh, in, uh, number 10, 10, that 10 Downing Street. Um, so we had lots of achievements. That that is um, that is an um, amazing lot of achievement, and then Ten Downing Street for again for our American listeners is where the Prime Minister lives, his official re residence, or or her if if it's a if it's a woman, as it has been a, a few times recently. Let's go back to exactly. why 
it was you wanted the IRGC and why the British Defence Minister wanted the IRGC banned, because there are a lot of organisations that are military in the world. I think of the French Royal Legion, I think of the, the Parachute Regiment in the UK, but people don't want them banned. What what are they doing specifically that makes you and others, and many others by the sound of it, want to ban that organisation? Especially, and let me start it from here, especially since October the 7th, the world understands much, much better why I put myself uh, in that situation, critical situation, because many of the um, MPs and politicians, they were coming and meeting me and they were asking the same situation, right, is it worth it that you risk your life and you put yourself in this situation? Um, and they got their answers after the October the 7th. So, and the October, the October 7th, Iranians... October 7th was, of course, when the, the, the massacre of is, Israeli peacemakers, basically, um, tr- trying to forge peace in uh, by, by Hamas, who had invaded, basically, a bit of Israel and then slaughtered more than 1,200 people and took a, another load of people kid um a hostage which which is absolutely exactly. terrible so that that's what what you're getting to and that's backed by iran and the irgc is involved with that in some way exactly exactly from the moment that that, that happened i wrote and i in all my interviews i said i don't have doubt even for a second the plan has been organized uh, design in Tehran and the order came from Tehran. What is IRGC? Let's tell our viewers what is IRGC and what is the role of IRGC. IRGC basically is the founder of Hezbollah, is Hamas, Islamic Jihad, Houthis, Kataib al Haq in um, Iraq, Hashto Shabin, all terrorist organizations in the region are funded and found by IRGC, Islamic Revolutionary Guard. Guard Corps. So this is how important the role of IRGC is. So because they have access to unlimited wealth of Iranians, to the oil, to oil, to gas, to all these gold mines. So they they created all these uh, terrorist group in the region. And from the moment, forty four years ago, which these um, groups uh, of um, Islamist fascists, they came in power in Iran. The, from the moment they came in power, they called for the elimination uh, of the state of Israel. So, the, and we, 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 today we are witnessing what they are doing in the region and inside of Iran and outside of Iran internationally. Let me t- tell the viewers how many officially. This is officially that we have the number that we have officially more than 550 assassination IRGC did in past 40 years outside of Iran. They so shot that's extra, you could, it says extra, extraterritorial and extrajudicial assassinations, which is, is something that I think most people can uh, re- relate to. And what is startling before before you continue uh the only country in the world that you you say is that has banned the IRGC is America and if we yes. look, look at what uh, Canada has banned IRGC 
people, the top 10,000 members of that organization from entering Canada. And the UK has toughened sanctions on the IRGC, yes. but has not banned it. And I looked up uh, to today, which is the 8th of um, <clears throat> December, so two months after the invasion of Israel by Hamas, which its sole, sole goal seems to be to destroy Israel and, and kill Jews. And I looked down the list of prescribed organizations, and you have ISIS there, you have other things, and you do not have the IRGC. That kind of shocked me in, in a way. It wouldn't have shocked you, but here we are, two months into a war between an Iranian-backed organization and, and Israel, and Britain not making any moves. Do carry on. Still, Ellen, toughen sanctions are not effective at all, Simon. Let me tell you why. None of these sanctions are effective because you sanctions IRGC top commander and top people, they are not leaving Iran at all. So they don't have any asset uh, in UK. So the sanction is, is useless to them. But when we are proscribing them, basically, IRGC's financial sector is the most important part for them. So they have many companies, Iranian companies, that they are connected to IRGC. So by sanctioning, for example, you, if UK government sanction IRGC, all these companies, um, especially uh, I'm talking about the Indians and Chinese companies, so they have a choice to deal with the companies, Iranian companies that they are connected to IRGC, or deal with the European com uh, companies, UK companies. Of course, they're going to choose European companies, UK companies, because it's going to be a lot of more, uh, uh, more benefit for them. So we're going to put proper limitation on the fin financial sector. From the other and, and from the other angle, they have lots of affiliation, for example, in UK, lots of exam Islamic centers, mosques, uh, affiliation, charities. So if we are going to ban these affiliations, which they are brainwashing our youth at the moment in this country for past 40 years, we need to take them to the court and it takes, they are going, of course, they are wealthy, they are going to get the best lawyers and it's going to take years and end of the day, they're going to win. But if we prescribe IRGC without taking them to the court, it's going to make us really easy for us when we find any connection with any of these Islamic centers, uh, charities, or mosques, which they are brainwashing our youth. If we find any connection with, uh, um, with the IRGC from these uh, organizations, we can shut them down straight away. So they know how important this is for them. Let me tell you. And, and, and um, actually, let's let's go let's go through some of the ways that we know this is important to the 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 IRGC. What you have done has made an impact, and we know this because of some of the reactions. So in in February, um, if if I've got this right, you you started your your hunger strike, and in by May. There was a fatwa issued against you, uh, which is usually a, a death a death sentence from a, a mullah in Tehran, much as uh, Salman Rushdie, the author, got a, a fatwa on him too. Then you were rushed to a safe house. Um, then you went through in, intense pain as your hunger strike went on. Uh, then your hunger strike ended, and then we had the invasion of Israel and protests by pro-Palestinians uh, around London, at which point you were 
threatened by one of the protesters with being beheaded. So you've obviously made a huge impact here because you, you people were were reacting to you personally. What 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 uh, what does that say to you? Does that say to you that yes, you've made a big impact? Definitely, definitely. The day that we start, uh, I start my hunger struggle. The case of IRGC was closed completely in UK. Now is the most hottest. Um, subject between in any of these uh, political gathering that they have in the House of Parliament in the House of Lords. But let me correct you in one of the bits in the beginning. So my hunger struck took seventy two days. On the day seventy two, I was because of the heart palpitation and all my organs was you know, um, collapsing. So I was hospitalized. When I was in the hospital, three days after I was in the hospital. Uh, I understand there's a fatwa has been issued. I was in hospital when we understand the fatwa has been issued. Then the MPs, for example, um, uh, um, Bob Blackman in the parliament, he talks about my fatwa uh, to uh, other um, uh, MPs in the questions time, and it becomes really hot. And then after that, it was two weeks in hospital, and after two weeks in hospital, uh, they said I've been advised by counterterrorism unit to not go back to um, your uh, place where I'm camping. I said, definitely I'm going to go there. They said they advised me to at least stay in safe house. So I stayed one week after that in the safe house. And then I came back to the uh, King's Charles Street in front of foreign office where I'm camping. And since then I am there. But when after the October the 7th, when the terrorist Hamas attacked Israel, one week after that, the, um, I, I wouldn't call them the uh, pro-Palestinians, I call them pro-Hamas, I call them the uh, uh, IRGC's agent, because when they attacked me, they were having the picture of Ali Khamenei, the supreme leader of Iranian regime. They were carrying the picture of Qasem Soleimani, the head of Quds Force, Solomon Solomani was uh, a, a a a very important general in the IRGC who'd been yes. uh, fighting there. He'd been fighting in Syria on the the side of Assad, uh, lead, leading that uh, event, and and also uh, quite a big loss to the. Iranian regime when he was basically assassinated by uh, the Trump regime. Uh, unless I've got something wrong there, that seems to be what went on. Yeah, it, I think Iranian uh, people um, always appreciate uh, Trump, Donald Trump, for President Trump for uh, doing that to them. Because Qasem uh, Soleimani was one of the, uh, he was genius in killing people. Let me put it this way for you. And every pe- everybody, they said he was the second man in the regime. But I said, no, that's wrong. He was the first man in the regime. Ayatollah Khamenei, he always was, he was listening always to Soleimani. Anybody who was going to take any uh, step, any action in the regime, they had to get the um, confirmation from Qasem Soleimani. Qasem Soleimani was the most important um, character in Iranian regime, and especially in suppressing Iranian people when they came out in 2009 and five times after that, and which 
the last one was you know last year but Qasem Soleimani was really genius in suppressing people in killing people and Iranian people really appreciate um, President Trump for taking uh, him away um, and, and and what 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 um and and what do you want and hope for from the British government clearly the the British government is led by Rishi Sunak at the moment, but that may not last much more than a year. Uh, if you look at polls in in the yeah. UK, or those those can change quickly. Do you expect? I'm sure you hope, but do you expect to get this changed and the IRGC put on the basically the very bad boy list? Uh, Simon, I am in contact every day with politicians here. So basically. All the members of the parliaments, they know me, they come and see me every day because I'm just a few, um, about five minutes away from the parliament, I'm four, two minutes away from the foreign office, I am five minutes away from the number 10 dining street where the prime minister's um, base is. So they all know me now, they, they come and see me. We have the majority of, we have the whole government with us at the moment, even now that's, that I'm talking. Only we have the foreign office that they are not agreeing, um, uh, still not agreeing, but we had a new foreign minister, which in Mr. David Cameron has been here now for three years. He's the, the former uh, prime weeks. minister of the, U the UK. Former, uh, for yes. Yeah. For, yeah, former prime minister. We, I, I have seen in these three weeks, he's he's taking greater steps in, uh, in the, on the first day he traveled to Ukraine and, uh, and then he traveled few times to Israel. He made few um, good statements, but we are waiting. Look, um, uh, sooner or later, I think we are not far from prescribing IRGC in UK, but sooner or later, we are going to prescribe IRGC. There is no other way. There is no other way for UK government. Uh, we have to do this. But is the matter of, are we going to do it before they anything happened by IRGC's agents inside of UK, or we are going to do it after they did something, which is too late. Uh, but this is the question. But so far, for example, Home Secretary, uh, former Home Secretary, Mr. So uh, sorry, Miss Soila, the braver man, she has stated after the uh, former uh, Foreign Minister, Mr. James Kelly, three times he's been asked in the question times from the MPs when they questioned him about my hunger struck, about my sit-in protest. And they said, what is your, um, uh, what is you know, what is the uh, stand of uh, UK government and foreign office about IRGC? Um, what action we are going to take? And in all three times, he responded, our priority is our national uh, UK national security and the security and safety of British nationals inside and outside of the con uh, country. Two months after that, the former um, um, Home Office uh, Soila Braverman she stated publicly the um, the biggest uh, threat to UK national security is IRGC. So he she put all the loads on the shoulder of uh, former. Uh, he was uh, he was uh, foreign minister, uh, uh, foreign minister yeah. in that time. Yes, yeah. foreign minister in that time. So he put on that. Now we have to see what uh, our new foreign uh, minister is going to do. But we are not. I think we are not far from it, and we don't have any 
um, any other way uh, in here. But what they are going to do, I don't know. And when they are going to do it, I don't, I don't know either about it. But I said it and in, in my all messages that I'm, I'm publishing every other day or maybe every other two days, I said, we are not going to go anyway, anywhere from, from here. And we are going to remain in front of foreign office. Doesn't matter how long it takes and doesn't matter what price we are paying for it. Until we take this necessary step and prescribe IRGC two times, my life has been, um, I put my life in, in the risk. One of them was hunger struck and one of them was the attack of six weeks ago. But um, there is no and, other and being, way. Being, and being threatened with a beheading and having a family exactly, and, exactly. and almost, uh, you know, and, and well, 72 days of hunger strike. Exactly. I, 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 that is a real commitment. One thing I did learn about uh, you is that your last name, Beheshti, there's a Vahid Beheshti. Beheshti means heaven. And let's hope we get to a heaven like situation. Thank you very much, Vahid Beheshti, activist against the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. I'm Simon Constable. This is Constable Confidential. And that's it.